you're listening to Big Fish Small Pod here on the Fish Stripes Podcast Network. I'm A.T. Werdahl here on July 9th, talking to you about the Miami Marlins, catching you up on the latest, retelling the Major League game, catching up on the farm system, and letting you know whatever else might be of interest. So yesterday, July 8th, started early. Uh, the Major League game began just after noon as Sandy Alcantara took to the mound against Julio Urias and the Los Angeles Dodgers. As the game got underway, all eyes were on Sandy. The Dodgers brought the offense to the plate that they've been bringing to the plate this entire series. It's been an intense, lot of fouls. Um, as a team, they do lead the league in walk rate, and that's based in part around their ability to see the ball with an outside swing rate as the best in Major League Baseball. In the first, the Dodgers were kept off of the scoreboard, but Cody Bellinger was already on Sandy's changeup below the zone, which he hit for a single. Sandy allowed a walk and struck out two in the first against the champs. On the other side of the first, Jazz Chisholm pounced on a fastball as Julio Urias tried to establish the strike zone, and he threw his first strike, and Jazz took it to the upper deck. Julio stayed away from Marte and collected his first strikeout, and went on to win against a Marlins lineup, playing in without Adam Duvall, Jorge Alfaro, and Joe Panic. As the start went along, Julio was able to establish his curveball against Garrett Cooper, and really just had an effective mix from then on out. Even confusingly, the next time he faced Jazz Chisholm, he started the at-bat with three straight curveballs in an eventual strikeout. And a quick inning against Sandy Leone, John Birdie, Sandy Alcantara, helped Julio stay on track. Well, Sandy Alcantara was challenged on the mound. The Dodgers made him work as even Julio Urias worked in a pitch at bat against Sandy. Basically, Sandy wasn't able to put away batters. He was able to keep the Dodgers from getting those hard extra base hits. In the fourth, an error by John Birdie at third, his now seventh error at third base on the year, considerably higher than his one at second base in a little bit less innings, but still. The discrepancy is enough that it might be an actual effect of a lesser ability at third base compared to second for Birdie. Sandy was set up to to work more than the minimum. As the Dodgers did turn that error into a run, the fifth inning came around and four consecutive hits chased Sandy. David Hess came in to limit the damage and allowed those runs to score as a Chris Taylor double and then a 104 mile an hour smash by Zach McKinstry, which was somehow ruled an error on Jazz. Somehow it was 104 and at his glove. It popped into the outfield, run scored. Uh, Not sure how it's an error, but Zach hit David hard. After the inning, the Marlins would turn to Nick Neidert, who pitched them out smoothly with four shutout innings, two strikeouts, no walks. 
but the Marlins were unable to climb out of the five-run hole, finishing the series against the Dodgers as 3-1 winners. Big Fish Small Pod is brought to you by 305 Candles. Get 10% off your entire order at 305candles.com with discount code FISHSTRIPES. Also worth note on the Bally Sports Florida broadcast, Kim Ang answered some questions for the staff and uh, announced that the team and Don Mattingly had exercised a mutual option for 2022 as the front office wants to continue to work with Don and Donnie wants to continue work with the front office, providing some stability at the helm. Obviously, he won the National League Manager of the Year last year, so we're real excited about that. And again, the record isn't necessarily indicative of of where we think we are and where we could be. Um, Donnie's been a big part of that. Otherwise, in terms of games, uh, down the system, we'll run it pretty quick. There were a lot of games, doubleheaders. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp played two against the uh, Charlotte Knights. Both games were losses for Jacksonville in the seven innings. Uh, Some highlights quickly. Lewin Diaz had his 10th home run of his season at Triple A. In the second game, Parker Bug got the start and struck out seven through three innings and 63 pitches, including a home run allowed. Devin Marrero homered and Corey Bird reached base every time he touched the plate, but the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp didn't come through with the runners on in this short seven-inning second leg of this doubleheader. The Pensacola Blue Wahoos also played two against the Mississippi Braves. The batters did continually get it going at the plate. Peyton Burdick reached four times, and J.J. Bleday had four hits on the day. So did Nick Fortes and everyone else found a way to contribute. But with the only real push from their pitching depth coming from a shortened outing by Jake Eater, shortened to limit his innings for the year, and possibly set him up for an inning in the Futures game, Jake Eater did strike out three of four batters he faced in the first inning, but in the second inning he ran into trouble, allowing a home run, some singles, getting another strikeout, but ultimately being pulled before closing out the second. In Beloit, the Snappers faced a resurgent 25-year-old Derek Casey, who's put past struggles in 2018 and 19 behind him with a solid year in 2021. Against the Snappers, he allowed only two hits and struck out 10 in five and two-thirds innings, while Jake Slaughter of the South Bend Cubs offer the difference making offense scoring after a walk then later launching a three-run home run as the snappers fell four to zero and only had two hits on the game in jupiter a game did not get underway as weather called called off another attempt at baseball for the jupiter hammerheads it's been a rough week or so for them. Uh, digging down deeper to the complex league, another game was called short at seven innings, this one due to lightning, and seriously five of the seven games played in the organization were only seven innings and a bit of an oddity. Um, just looking closer at that game, Osiris Johnson and Edgar Sanchez seem to have found more solid footing in this league 
after having struggles to start the year at that low A Jupiter. Uh, looking ahead this weekend is the domestic amateur draft, so expect another wave of talent to enter into the developmental leagues just coming up. It's unclear exactly when that talent will filter in with the draft pushed deeper into the season in July than it has been in any year prior. That also had a developmental league going. It's been a weird sort of year and a half, two years to follow the sport, um, as even this year's draft class will have talent that just didn't get selected last year in the short five rounds. On Sunday, the Marlins will have the 16th pick, the 31st pick, 52nd, and then settle into basically picking 17th every round for 20 rounds this year. On the podcast network, we have a preview that can offer more insight on this year's draft. For myself, mostly I've been focused on the day-to-day. Like today, uh, 6-10. Tonight, we'll have Fish Stripes live, leading up to the 7-10 start time. Zach Thompson will get the ball for Miami. He'll be facing Atlanta for the third time. For the podcast, I've been A.T. Werdahl. Definitely check out the website and listen to the podcast some more to hear more about the draft and all the other seemingly existential elements and deadlines on the season that are coming up over the next month. But for now, Big Fish Small Pod will be back to you next week.